quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her questions via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her responses or use their voice-to-text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I used mylifeinabook.com to compile my own stories to give to my daughters for Mother's Day. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code PEACE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code PEACE for 10% off today. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood. Yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connective parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Hi, I'm back for another episode of the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I want to talk about unconditional love. That word gets thrown around a lot and we all know that we're supposed to have unconditional love for our children. And Back in the early days of parenting, I thought I loved my kids unconditionally because when push came to shove and when I went to bed at night, I knew I loved my children. No matter what they had done or how they had acted or things that they achieved or they didn't achieve, I still always loved my children. And I don't think that that's ever the question. Do we love our children? And do we love our children unconditionally? Of course, deep down in our hearts and our soul, we always love our children unconditionally, no matter what, because they're our kids and we're kind, loving people deep in our souls and our hearts. And we love our children no matter what. But do our children believe that we love them unconditionally? That is what really matters, is how they perceive our love And if they perceive our love as conditional or not, even independent from the way in which we view our love. So how do we show our children that we love them unconditionally and help them feel secure in this idea that our love is not, we're not going to take it away. We're not going to give it in certain moments. We're not going to withdraw it. That it is a steadfast existence in their life. And I think one of the main ways in which we show our children, there's a few, but one of the main ways in which we show our children that we love them unconditionally is by not punishing them. Because punishments and consequences 
I'll use those interchangeably because I don't believe in either of them, logical or otherwise, except for natural consequences. I get graded over the coals for that one. I really believe, as just a side note, natural consequences are just cause and effect. And if we leave ourselves out of them, they happen regardless if we quote unquote believe in them or not, they just happen. If you, you know, if you step in the dirty mud puddle with your white shoes, your white shoes are going to get black. They're going to get dirty. So that's just a cause and effect. If you don't turn in your homework, you're not going to get the points for it. You don't wear your coat, could be cold. These are just cause and effect things that happen. They're natural consequences. There's no believing in them. They're not believing them. They're happening and they teach great lessons as a side note. So I will lump consequences with the exception of natural consequences and punishments into the same category. And that if we parent without these, that in fact, we are loving our children unconditionally. And I have a new book coming out that's entitled Unpunished. And it is this idea that we can parent without punishments and that that act reinforces the unconditionality of our love. Why? Because our children will not have to fear. If I disappoint mom or dad, will they withdraw from me? Will they judge me? Will they otherwise treat me differently when I've done something wrong? because they're going to send me to a timeout. They're going to take something away from me. They're going to otherwise give me some punitive measure that can have me question whether they love me in that moment or not. When we get rid of that, we really set the stage for mistakes to be completely acceptable and love to be unconditional. Therefore, we're also not pushing our children into this deep idea of perfectionism. Because if you hold this high standard and you do so using punishments, our children will tend to feel shame and feel bad about themselves when they don't achieve the high standard of no mistakes. Punishments really highlight this idea that mistakes are not acceptable because we're punishing them. Mistakes are just a place to to have a dialogue, to contemplate what's right and wrong, to learn where to do something a little bit better, to know that we're human and we're not always going to do things right, both us and our children. And to that point, you know, I yelled at Esme and Pia, both of them this morning, and we had a really hard, really hard morning. And I didn't need anyone to tell me how horrible it is to yell at and shame your children. I didn't need a punishment. I didn't need a reprimand or a scolding or a timeout. I didn't need a lecture. I didn't need anybody telling me anything. My remorse and my internal feeling about my transgression was enough. I didn't even need a discussion or a question. I didn't need anything. All I needed to do was to sit in my mistake. And often... That's what our children need. They need to be able to sit in their own mistakes because they have their own shame already. And they don't need that extra shame or that hurt feeling of thinking that their parents don't approve of them and wondering if that approval is linked to their love. And if a child interprets it that way, if they interpret this idea that, oh, my parent doesn't love me when I do the wrong thing, will it push 
certain kids into people pleasing and doing the right thing by their parents, even when they don't want to because they feel forced to. And then is, are they ignoring how they feel themselves? Or will it push the strong-willed kid into fighting against it all just constantly and never complying because they feel as if it's an attack on their person when they're being punished or when they receive a consequence or a lecture or they're being reasoned with. Even correction, I believe, if you're correcting a kid over and over and over again, that could allow them to question the conditionality of your love and that your love is conditional, that it is acceptable. You are acceptable. You are loved when you're doing the right thing and you are unacceptable and unloved when you're doing the wrong thing. Now, sure, this is going to happen every once in a while, but if this is the way in which you operate over and over again, that act of implementing a punishment or a consequence or a lecture or reasoning or correction even starts to chip, chip, chip away at the connection piece. And maybe it's okay the first few times. And then six or eight times in, it's not okay. And then 2,600 times in, your kid is going to adapt one way or another as a, as a way to cope? And is that adaptation detrimental to their persona? And is that adaptation also could highly affect their behavior? And is it better to get the punishment, the consequences, the lecturing, the reasoning, and even the correction out of our parenting in order to allow our kids to develop on their own, without corroding the relationship that we share with them? Do we need to correct a child? And does that correction inform the way in which they view that they are loved by us? And are we showing them that love is conditional through that correction? I'm disappointed in you when you argue with your sister. I'm pleased with you when you don't. I'm happy and excited when you get good grades and I want to praise you and I'm upset and not doing well and not thinking well of you when you don't. And is that obvious to a child? It can even be body language that can inform a child about the health of a relationship, about the conditionality of love. If you have a body language that shows disapproval with something that a child's doing, they can interpret that as you not caring. And sure, like I said, it could happen once in a while, but if it happens again and again and again and again, will it wear on the relationship? My one-on-one coaching is where parents have the aha and epiphany moments. Join me and find your parenting peace. My one-on-one coaching packages will see an increase on February 10th. If you have been or are interested in coaching, now's the time to get started. Find the link in my show notes or go to peaceandparentingla.com forward slash private hyphen sessions and find more peace in your parenting today. This morning when I yelled at the kids, I thought to myself, this can only happen so many times before it does wear on your relationship. And I have been working really hard my my whole parenting career not to yell and I still mess up. 
And I know that took us steps back, but I will do everything that I can to remedy and repair it. But I know if I wasn't working hard to make that happen, that my yelling would be consistent. And that consistent yelling and or consistent disapproval of behavior or that consistent correction or that consistent reasoning or lecturing or whatever it is that is your thing or withdrawing of love will eat relationship over time. Transgressions here and there are easier to recover from. But the habitual misbehavior by a parent will affect the relationship that we share with our kids. And we know this because it's the same thing that happened in our own childhoods, right? Sure, if your mom yelled at you once, it hardly is a blip on your radar. But if your mom yelled at you every day, that wears deeply on how you feel about her and likely how she feels about you. Although I do believe that parents have this deep, unconditional love in them. I do believe we see ourselves as loving our kids unconditionally, no matter what they do, but that our children may not interpret that same message because of our behavior, because of our parenting tactics, because of the idea of consequences, punishments, rewards, corrections, uh, yelling, threats, bribes, all of those things are information for our children to believe that we don't love them unconditionally because we're not showing it. So the best thing that we can do is to expect mistakes. So when the kid comes home with, Esme got a C in physics, everybody. And, you know, we're, we like, I'm not a big grade monger or anything, but my kids generally don't get Cs. We try to stay in the A and B range. They'd kind of do it on their own. And she came home with the C in physics because it was really hard. And um, I knew it was coming and she told me and we were quite worried about it. You know, she because she wants to get into college. I wasn't mad or upset, but, you know, I, I was worried. And when she came home with that grade, I had to really ground myself and say like, okay, it's just a grade. I don't need to be disappointed. I don't need to be disappointed her or myself or anything that it, it's a grade and that we'll get through it. So I just say like when, when mistakes happen, be prepared for them. They're going to happen and try not to allow them to take you down. That your child is a great child. And just because they make a mistake doesn't say anything about them or you or your parenting. And so when they come with that mistake, almost welcome it. Like, okay, it's okay. We're going to get through this. You hit your sister. I get it. You had a hard moment. I am not going to let it jade how I see you. I'm not going to let it take away the love that we have or you question the way in which I feel about you because of my reaction. So if you can temper your reactions around mistakes and you become more neutral and you put them in their rightful place. I mean, I think this whole society has told us like, oh my gosh, you made a mistake. I get this a lot. I make a lot of typos on Instagram. <laughs> I'm not the best typist. I also, I think slightly have dyslexia, never diagnosed with it, but I think it's for sure in there. So I get a lot of flack for making these mistakes. And um, there's a lot of Hector correctors out there who are just, they're floored by the idea that there could be mistakes out there and that it's very disheartening to them and that my message is going to be lost and I'm not going to be respected because I made typo or grammar error. And I feel like that comes from our society where it's like, it all has to be perfect. And, and if it isn't, then 
you should be chastised or you should really take a look at yourself or... And granted, I try. I mean, we all want to like make our writing good, right? We don't want it to be that, you know, horrible. We want people to get the message. But at the same time, mistakes are mistakes. And the same thing goes for our kids. Like our children are going to make lots of mistakes. So are we, both written apparently in my, in my world and verbally and emotionally and all of the things. But can we put the mistakes in their rightful place? Can we strive to do better, both us and our children? And will our children do better as we do better? And can we move through them with just a little bit more ease and not let them cloud the way in which we see our kids and not let them cloud our reactions? So when you get a mis- next, your next mistake from your child, come with neutrality. Give them a hug. Tell them it's okay. I know you, you had a hard time with your sister. This was really hard. What can we do next time? What's a good remedy? What do you think? Oh, she did that beforehand. I, I get it. You guys are struggling. Where can you go with the mistake? Oh, your grade wasn't good. What can we do next semester? As me and I had to sit down and she's like, I need to start with a better grade. I got a bad grade on my first test and it really set my average off. There's only four tests and that's all he has in the grade book is four tests. So once you start out with a D, it's real hard to dig yourself out of that hole. She learned that very quickly and now she's got an A in physics all on her own but with a little scaffolding. Do you need help? Can I help you get a tutor? What can we do? Little discussion, no shame. She wasn't embarrassed. She didn't think I hated her. She didn't think I was mad. She didn't think I loved her conditionally. She knows I love her deeply, even when I mess up and even when she messes up. So love your kids unconditionally. Love them deeply. Love them through their mistakes and love yourself the same way. Thanks for joining me on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. If you haven't left me a review, on iTunes, I would be so very grateful. It really helps us stay relevant so that we can continue this little podcast going. If you are on Spotify, you can just do a little uh, rating. Um, And I don't know if you can rate on the other ones. I hope you can. If you can, I would love that. I'll see you guys next time. 